This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. This is Annalise. I am an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And my name is Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we are going to talk about an article that we read recently. Oh yes. That we thought we thought would be kind of fun. Well, there's so many articles out there on the, the interwebs here that we kind of wanted to you know go through probably what a lot of people have seen either pop up in their social media or just random searches that they've done. Yes. So today we're going to we're going to go over um, the top seven fitness trends for 2021, which is brought to us by A.J. Levine from ACSM. All right. Yes. Super exciting. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to learn about what, what the actual fitness trends are. Yeah. And then to, to clarify, if anyone's like, what the heck is an ACSM? That's the American College of Sports Medicine. So basically the defining body of all things fitness in the United States. Yes. <laughs> okay. So number one, Melanie, is something that I'm sure you can guess because we are, we are in pandemic. So what's going to be the number one fitness trend? Workout shoes. <laughs> that, that's a terrible guess. That's an awful, awful guess. Uh, exercising online. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so online training, the number one fitness trend, which obviously, because we are at home, so the big shift has been like, how do we not expose ourselves to the gym mm-hmm. and all the germs that live there, yeah. but still maintain our healthy healthy bodies. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that's such an interesting thing, too, because there's a lot of resources online now. I think uh, the pandemic kind of started, kickstarted a lot of stuff that still exists online. So even though it might be a year old now, oh gosh, uh, it might be a year <laughs> old now, uh, it'll still be there and available t- for us to utilize and view. Yes. And I think it also gives us new resources. So whereas maybe we were stuck in I have to go to the gym to work out or I have to have XYZ, I have to have my trainer to work out. Mm -hmm. Now we have a way to enrich our our options so that our excuses can go by the wayside. Exactly. And, you know, like it's funny because I, you know, I, I personal train people on the internet, so of course it's just one of those things where I'm like, well, that's literally what I do, so <laughs> I promote that. I I am a part of that, and I know a lot of people here do that as well, and it's great because you have the opportunity to still kind of have like that one-on-one consult with someone, but also uh, you you have the safety net of your own home, and also we, you know, as professionals are able to utilize the equipment that you have available around you, and if you don't have any, guess what? You do. You just don't know it yet. (laughs) And that could be one of the benefits of doing a one-on-one virtual training is maybe we don't know what's available. Maybe we don't know how to work out with what we have. Yeah, hire someone who does. (laughs) That's right. And, (laughs) And this is a perfect one for us because then we can be like, Hey, we have all of these resources right at positivechoice.org for you. Not only are we offering the um, 
virtual one-on-one consults, we're also offering classes such as Healthy Balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you go to our YouTube channel, we have the... um, all of the exercise videos, free stuff, yoga, cardio dance, strength training with and without equipment. Um, so as far as the online training, positivechoice.org, we've got all of it for you. Yeah, we, we got we had a pretty, pretty decent selection, I would say. Uh, us included in those videos, we are a part of them. So if you wanted to see more of us, if you have no idea what we look like, you can see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, you know... I feel like our YouTube channel is sort of underutilized because people forget, you know, we have one. So, you know, take advantage of that. There's so much online stuff that's free. You don't have to pay for it. Um, And it's available to you. But obviously, if you really need that assistance and that guidance and and something, you can always, you know, hire a trainer to virtually work with you at home. And then we utilize what you have and customize a plan for you, which huge benefit because it's customized. (laughs) Absolutely. And speaking of customizable and feedback... Our second fitness trend is wearable technology. As we are both wearing wearable technology. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a little while to get on board with it. You were, I, you were a naysayer at first. It wasn't a naysayer. I just thought, I just think it, I thought it didn't apply to, like, it wasn't going to be a useful tool. Yeah. I'm like, I already work out. I don't need something telling me, hey, you're working out, but... It does make it kind of fun. It does. You can be competitive with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. I, we have the same brand, but we, you know, it, it's nice because it provides data. And if you're kind of a sciencey data person, you are able to see aspects of your workout. And then you can like challenge yourself to be better at certain aspects of your workout, especially if you're competitive, especially with yourself. You know, it's only just improving upon improving. And that's what really works well for me is like, I go, oh, my heart rate was better this time around or, oh, what happened here? And, you know, I like look, I look, I look at my graphs and, you know, check my data after my workouts and go, okay, so that's where the phone rang. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I think it also keeps you in reality. Mm -hmm. I I cannot tell you how many times either myself or any of my patients are like, no, I'm super active. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, that's your perception, but can, can we get yeah. an actual like number on that? What, what do you mean you're super active? And, you know, just the step counter alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and this shocked me, but 5,000 steps or less a day is considered sedentary. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think a lot of people who I know I have had come in is they like, they'll say, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not too bad. I, I get up and you know, I'm up and walking around a lot. And I'd be like, well, how many steps are you getting? And they're like, well, 2,500, 3,000. It's like, oh no, no. So, yeah. so now, now we know we have a gauge of like, no, there, there's room to grow. And that's kind of a big thing too. Cause with steps as silly as it may seem, um, I was in the same boat where I thought I was doing way more than I actually was. Cause shockingly people under or overestimate how much they move by about 30 percent so we think we're way more active than we actually are um and i would think i'd be doing fine and then i'll look at my step counter go i've only done six thousand steps today and i i went on two walks i don't know why it's just i have long stride but still it's like you get in you you think you're doing better than you are and the the counter on on the smart device you may have will, will be kind of that reality check of actually no because um, the American College of Sports Medicine, they dictate that you should be doing about 10,000 steps a day just to be considered active. That's like if you do 9999, you're not active. You're, you're, you're slightly active, somewhat active. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you have to do 10,000 or more. So 10,000 is the minimum. <laughs> well, that that's the threshold where our health starts to really benefit from. Yeah, and we're meant to be moving. So, you know, smart smart watches, fitness devices, things like that are great. I, I, I think they're wonderful. Um, I've been using them for a few years, and they really do help, especially with the data. And, you know, I do want to add a little bit to this, though, kind of as like a, a they're not good at everything. <laughs> um, there's things you do have to watch out for. So something to note is, you know, um, while they're great and they can be very motivating and if it's motivating you just like how many calories can I burn for my workout cool if that's motivating you but don't use that as like a piece of fact that oh I definitely burned 500 calories so therefore I can eat that um, they tend to overestimate how much you burn sometimes they underestimate it actually depends on the brand so they're not consistent across the board so something just to remember if you're getting one don't rely on it too heavily for certain features heart rate and steps are almost always going to be on point everything else kind of hit, hit or miss Right. And it's using it for comparative factors. Yeah. It's not like Melanie said, these aren't, these aren't statistically, you know, on point, like just because it says you did 10,000 steps, you could in reality do anywhere from like 9,200 to 11,000 steps. I mean, yeah. there, there's a deviation there. So take, take it for what it is. Yeah. But I think the other thing too is, you know, with us working from home and being a little bit more sedentary in general. Oh yeah. Um, having a, a reminder on your on your wrist hey, to You're sitting too long. Yeah. Hey, get up. To get up or, you know, on some of like the Apple watches or mm-hmm. some of the other devices they're measuring other things they're like you got to hit the movement you got to hit the heart rate you got to hit the exercise Mm -hmm. and I I think that that can be very motivating yeah well it's definitely for me because normally I do a walk in the morning before I come here and I didn't so I took the stairs (laughs) I was like I didn't get my walk in so I'm gonna do something um but that's that's for me I, I try to get a certain amount of steps by a certain time of the day so I know I'm at least on the right trajectory and now I'm gonna have to do a lot longer of a walk tonight because I didn't get my morning walk in <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's what I use mine for <laughs> love it and then the other thing I think worth noting is a lot of the current watches will sync to your phone they will sync to other apps where you're tracking your food if that's your jam so you can really get a very detailed look Oh, yeah. at, at what you're doing exercise wise heart rate wise yeah. food wise exactly so you can utilize that enjoy that have fun with the data i like data so for me it's like a win-win I'm like hey i'm i'm productive and data <laughs> all right number three body weight training <gasps> yes i like body weight training what is body weight training you use your body as your own weight when you do things <laughs> um so it's, all things no or okay <laughs> so it's for strength training um when we talk about strength training especially because you're at home you may not have equipment you may not have you know weights or resistance bands or you know any of the above and you go well how the heck am i supposed to get a strength training workout and if i don't own anything that i can do it with well you belong in a body that has gravity affecting it where you're pulled towards the planet so therefore you do weigh something and you can do things with that, you know, like squats or push-ups or crunches, you know, things that utilize your own weight as the resistance rather than an item or dumbbells or resistance bands. So you have the capability of getting in a sufficient workout with just yourself. And isn't that kind of 
the ultimate definition of functional training being able to move your body your body weight through space yeah you know one of the things i always mention and i always mention all the time because it's kind of important uh it's a rhetorical question to ask yourself uh if you were to fall in the middle of your living room not surrounded by furniture can you get back up off the ground and if the answer is no, uh, that's something you could do. That's called body weight training, <laughs> where you get up off the ground and you practice that. I do suggest doing it somewhere in the safety of your home next to furniture initially, so you ease into that. But eventually, you will be able to get off the ground. And that's how you build up your own body strength to move through space effectively. And that's also a level of independence, too. Like, you know, if you're, you know, in your 60s and you can't get off the floor, that's scary, you know? So that's something that would be thinking like, okay, well, how can I make this better? Just practice. The more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. That's right. That's right. And our bodies are so adaptable oh, yeah. that um, eventually, with persistence and practice, you'll be able to do almost anything. Almost. Almost. All right, number four. I don't know. I, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, she's going to guess. She's uh, going to do it. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> okay. This is another one that I think is directly related from um, our pandemic gyms closed situation, which is um, outdoor I was gonna activities say and I was like, exercise. Hit, hit, hit. No, outdoor. The good hit old, is next. Okay. is a little preview. We'll give it away. Hit is next. Well, the good old vitamin N, uh, vitamin nature, getting outside, moving outside. I think that is also very useful for people stuck inside during a pandemic because, you know, it's your house 24-7. The last thing you probably want to do is work out in your house as well. I get that. I hate it. I don't like working out in my own living room. It's very annoying. But you don't really have a choice if you don't have access to gyms. So getting outside, not a bad idea. Fresh air, vitamin D. Out of your house. A change of... Um, you know, environments. Mm-hmm. And there's so many places, like if, if you're listening to this in San Diego, there's so many places in San Diego you can go. But if you're elsewhere, I'm sure there's plenty of other places there too. Most places are close to some sort of nat- like national park or, you know, somewhere where there might be hiking trails or running trails or a lake or, you know, what you have it, you name it. There's probably some sort of natural thing nearby you can go use. And you know, it, it doesn't have to be a regimented, structured, like, boot camp style workout for it to be a workout. If you want to go on a nice walk on some sand, yeah, that's a workout. <laughs> sand is not fun to walk on. So, you know, unless you enjoy that, cool, good for you. I don't like it. But, you know, it's, it's a workout because you're sinking in the sand. You can't really walk well. And you're like, do I wear shoes? Do I not? Do I want sandy shoes? I don't know. But it's a change of scenery. You don't think of it as a workout, but it is. And... You know, there's a lot of ver- versatility in what you can do as well based on the, the outdoor space you have, you know? Like, if you live in San Francisco, you got hills everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in San Diego, you got some chance, chance of hills. Sometimes you don't. Depends on where you live. Um, so there's a lot of versatility here. That's why I'm talking about it. But, you know, let's let's say you live in the Central Valley. You got a, not a lot of hills unless you go out to the forests on the outskirts of town. Then you got plenty of trails you can hike. So you got options around. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe we live in a place where winter is pretty harsh and we're just not doing outdoor activities. Right yeah. Now. If you live somewhere where it's like super cold, maybe that's not happening. But, you know, bundle up, you know, snow bunny and go outside. <laughs> Snowshoe. I don't know. Uh, you burn more calories in the cold. 
So yes, you do. Your body has to work harder to stay warm, so you do burn more calories. I d- does not mean you should go out like with no clothes on. That is a bad idea. No, <laughs> please don't do that. Please don't do. Yeah, that. don't do that. Definitely wear warm clothes, but you do burn more calories, which means you don't want to be out there quite as long too. Mm-mm, Just no. as like a little warning. Yeah. All right, number five. Melanie already told us what it was. Yeah. Hit. What's hit? <laughs> High intensity interval training. And what does that mean? So it's basically kind of alternating between something that we would say either low to moderate intensity heart rate zone. So you're either, you know, lightly working out, you're working out at a a decent pace, but you could sustain that for a while. And then periodically just sprinkled into that workout every so many minutes, you do something like a burst of high intense energy um, or intense activity. So it could be like jumping or running or sprinting or something that's high intensity for like you know 30 seconds up to a minute then you scale back and go back to your just slow steady or moderate intensity workout and you kind of go back and forth back and forth back and forth for a set amount of time Mm. i i like to term it push and recover yeah i like that that's much simpler (laughs) (laughs) well i i think it expands it out into a you don't have to worry about what your heart rate is no and b you can do hit at any fitness level because it's your it's your definition of push yeah and you know high intensity is high intensity regardless of what your fitness level is if you feel like you're working really hard you're working really hard (laughs) that's right so, you know, let's say someone walks up a hill um, and they're walking really fast up a hill and they're, they're fine. Then you walk up there like, oh, my God, this is hard. That's your high intensity. And that's OK. Everyone has different fitness levels. But um, what I love about HIT, there's a lot of reasons why I love HIT. But the biggest one is it gets you in shape way faster than just doing like 30 minutes of steady state you know, cardio. If you're doing 30 minutes of moderate intensity work. Sprinkling in those little bursts of high intensity gets your heart rate up and kind of pushes you a little bit more. And so your body gets in shape much faster than if you were just to do 30 minutes you know, of cardio. Right. Because you're sending that signal to your body. Hey, I want to be able to work at this level. And it doesn't really matter how long you stay there. It matters like the signal and your body goes oh yeah yeah we don't want that to be hard no we need to make some changes yeah and it does it fast and so that's what's really good about that and it also allows for you to have a much more i would say i I don't want to say productive workout but you can cram a lot more calorie burn in a much shorter amount of time with those little bursts of high intensity sprinkled without so you know if you were to say go on a power walk for 30 minutes you might burn 200 calories maybe um give or take a few other factors Versus if you did a power walk where you periodically sprinted in there, you could burn up to 300, 400 calories, depending on how many times you sprinted. So you can cram a lot more in the same length of time than you would otherwise. And that's what's really nice about it, too, is it's a really effective way to intensify your workout without feeling overwhelming. Absolutely. And I think maybe adding just a little caveat to this is that this should be something that you're doing maybe a couple times a week. Yeah, not daily. (laughs) Uh, You don't want to do it daily because you're pushing into the high intensity realm. So Mm -hmm. your body needs time to make those changes. And you're, you know, the harder you work, you're also taking the um, kind of inverse risk of injury. Yep. 
right? So we want to do that methodically and not too much. So if we're constantly like pushing our body to the max, we're also going to be increasing our chance of injury and also increasing our chance that we're not going to get the payoff because yeah, rest is important too. So if you're wanting to incorporate high intensity interval training, we're fully on board with that. Have fun with it. Talk to your doctor first. Talk to your doctor first and then have it be an added to your current workout routine, maybe one or two days a week, just to add that little push. Yeah. Another really cool thing I wanted to add to, because I just want to mention it, because this is, could be a motivating factor for some people, is it does help burn belly fat stores. <laughs> it's an effective belly fat burner. If you're, if you're, because people always do this, like, well, what exercise can I do that will target my belly fat? And it's like high intensity <laughs> interval training for for an example. And they're like. Oh, but I want to do crunches. Well, that's not going to work. You can't spot reduce. But basically what happens is your body has such high demands for carbohydrates when you're exercising, glucose, if you will, um, that, you know, you, you could do that while you're exercising, no problem. But when you're done, you've kind of depleted a lot of those stores. So it actually turns to the body fat, breaks that down into more glycogen for your muscle tissue. And I'll get all sciencey jargony here. You get more muscle carbs and that's just a result of it burning off your own fat. So, you know, if you want to find an effective way to help burn calories and burn fat, that's a very effective way to do that as well. And lower levels of insulin because you're using it and high levels of insulin actually increase your belly fat. I know. So so it's it's kind of a win-win. Double duty for that belly fat. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Number six. Six. I think this is going to be, this is going to be a favorite one. Okay. Exercise as medicine. Yeah. We love that. We love that here at Positive Choice. Oh, yes. Because it is. We just talked about it. <laughs> we just said it. <laughs> we kind of dipped our toe into the waters of medicine for exercising. And um, that is such a big thing because so many chronic ailments and illnesses that people get as a result of inactivity can be prevented with just a regular exercise routine. Mm-hmm. Like not all of them, but a majority of the issues people have cardiovascularly or, you know, maybe it's, it's diabetic related. You can prevent or mitigate some of that with just a regular routine. Well, and going back to what you touched on earlier in the episode, which is, you know, the ACSM guidelines, Mm -hmm. the guidelines on how often we should exercise are based on scientific thresholds of health issues. Yes. So when we talk about, you know, 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity exercise a week or getting in two days of strength training mm-hmm. or getting in, you know, two five days. days of cardio at 30 minutes a piece or two days of flexibility or 10,000 steps a day. Right. All of that is scientifically based on where do we start seeing improvements on chronic diseases Mm -hmm. like heart disease, stroke, diabetes, all of that stuff. And those thresholds are based on that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just so cool, this physiological response to exercise. And like, I geek out on this all the time because this is kind of like where, where I think is where I really fell in love with my degree. But, you know, if you have high blood pressure or, you know, high heart rate, for example, and it's, you're just not an active person, when you start to incorporate more cardiovascular activity in, your blood pressure is going to go down and your heart rate's going to go down, specifically with cardiovascular exercise, not so much with strength training, because 
with the cardiovascular exercise, that is actually the, one of the only ways you can strengthen your heart because you put so much pressure on the heart to, to keep you functioning during your activity. So it has to reinforce itself with muscle tissue. And I like to think of it this way. The stronger your heart, the less it ha- hard it has to work. You know, think about if you've ever done strength training, you got stronger, you pick something, I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty easy to lift. It's like your heart going, beat, oh, it's effective. It's pumped blood through your whole body at a much faster rate, and it's just more effective and efficient. So you're basically making your heart a much more efficient uh, organ in your body, more functional, and when it's stronger and able to do more, your blood pressure will ultimately go down because it doesn't have to work as hard to get the blood where it needs to go. And then your heart rate typically will follow. There's genetic factors, of course. I can't rule those out. If you are naturally prone to high blood pressure, this won't be a cure. But um, it'll definitely prevent it from being worse. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's, that's some, there's a lot more to that, too. But that's one of the big things that's so important is you strengthen your heart so you know, a lot of stuff follows suit. When the heart's strong, a lot of other things just kind of fall off the table. Absolutely. And looking at, at blood sugar, we did a whole episode on this. So if you're interested, you can go listen to that episode and we'll dig in deep on it. But, you know, if you are struggling with blood sugar issues, with type 2 diabetes, hitting those those standards around exercise, 10,000 steps a day, 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise a week, if you're hitting that, that will drastically reduce your blood sugar. It will drastically reduce your need for insulin mm-hmm. and your body will start repairing itself. Yeah. And we are really good at repairing ourselves when we're, we're in decent health, right? Like if you're, if you're doing well, you're eating well, you're moving a lot, your body is pretty good at repairing itself. Not so much if you don't do those things. <laughs> um, and like we could go on and on and on. There's so many other things like sleeping better, better mood, you know, like the, the list is endless. But exercise truly is medicine. Um, I kind of like to refer to it as like getting tune-ups for your car. Like if you think of yourself as like a car, and I don't know a lot about cars, you're going to find this out real fast. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, if you think of yourself like a car, you know, you want your car to get regular oil changes. You want your car to get their tires rotated and, um, you know, flush out fluids in the engine or something that they do there and re- refill fluids in the engine and you know, all that stuff. And you regularly take your car in to get those things taken care of. So your car continues to run effectively and efficiently. And if you don't do that, your car starts to not run very well and might start falling apart on you, um, or a tire might explode, you know, any of those things. And so, you know, it's like regular maintenance on your body just so you stay prime and fit and healthy and well. You have to treat it not so much as a thing you you have to do because we say you have to do it, but more of like, I'm doing this to better my health. You know, I want to be healthy and it's regular upkeep. Like you don't just, I hope you don't just avoid taking your car to the shop, you know, because you're like, I don't feel like doing it today. I'll be fine with no oil in my car. Not for long. (laughs) Wait till that engine seizes, then you're going to learn real fast. That's not how that works. (laughs) I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. We basically are machines in a sense and we have to just upkeep, right? Regular upkeep. Right. But we're biological, so we can repair ourselves. Yes. Yeah. A little cheaper than, uh, than taking cars to the shop. I hope. <laughs> I think the other thing worth mentioning too when it comes to exercises medicine is movement helps reduce pain. Mm-hmm. So a, a big thing that I see a lot with my patients is they get injured, something happens, they develop pain, they stop moving to avoid the pain, and over time the pain gets worse because there's no movement. Yep. Um, so if you are dealing with any kind of chronic pain, um, 
movement that initially doesn't cause the pain or make it worse is going to be your key out of that. Mm -hmm. And um, we won't get into that too much on this episode, but um, if you are dealing with that, reach out to an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing too is exercise as medicine is our, our mental health. Mm-hmm. Our mental health, we absolutely need to be moving. We and, are meant to move. Endorphins make you happy. Endorphins <laughs> make you happy. Um, it also helps to produce serotonin and dopamine. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, are, if you are struggling with any kind of um, mental health issues, if exercise isn't part of your day, make that make that a number one. Body upkeep, gotta do it. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're we're at our last one. Numero siete. I can speak better Spanish than that, by the way. <laughs> okay, this is strength training with free weights. <gasps> we're surrounded by them. That's exciting. All right, we are at the moment. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that's a good one. Um, now, obviously, I always like to add this disclaimer because you don't have to have a, a set of dumbbells per se. I think we get kind of hung up on that. You definitely don't need that. But I think it's very effective to get a much more efficient workout because you have the ability to increase the level of intensity by increasing the size or the weight of the dumbbell as you progress through your routine over time. Um, you know, body weight's great, but you're going to hit a wall at some point because there's only so much you can do with your own body weight, especially if you start losing weight, because then it's even easier. Um, so free weights are great because that's a way to add more resistance to what you're already doing. And then you can just incrementally increase it and improve on that over time. And it's something that you can have in your house that doesn't take up a ton of room. Yes. I mean, I mean, you can go big with your at-home dumbbells if you want to, uh, but for for most of us, having a small set of free weights at home can be a great way to to add some resistance to some load to your workouts. Yeah, and if you don't have free weights, if you have random things around your home that just weigh stuff, that's also effective too. If you've been into baking sourdough as everyone else was, you probably have some sacks of flour that weigh about five <laughs> pounds each, and you can use this as dumbbells, right? Hey. I can't imagine being so sweaty and having a bag of flour in my hand would be the worst. Just put it in a plastic bag first. It'll be fine. Um, So, but that's also, you know, like I've done this where I grabbed a water bottle once and I was using that to do squats because I don't have any free weights at my house. So I have to use random items around my home, but uh, they are effective and they're very useful, especially if you want to add something extra to your workout. And well, we don't necessarily like encourage you to spend money if you don't have the means, you know, use what you have around you. If you have stuff in your yard, for example, that like, you know, like logs or something, use those, you know, there's, there's other means of adding resistance to your workout beyond dumbbells, but they're effective and they're great. And, you know, they're, they're relatively inexpensive. You get a couple of pairs. There's lots of, thankfully there's lots of places selling them again. There's a little shortage there for a hot minute. So, you know, you can definitely find dumbbells out in the world. (laughs) Yes. And then if you are wondering what to do with them, again, we have um, plenty of videos on our YouTube channel. Yes. And, um, you know, you can get a one-on-one virtual appointment Mm -hmm. with a professional that can help guide you, help develop a a good routine for you. So, you know, never, I guess, never feel lost. No. And, you know, if you do feel lost, don't worry, you're not alone. (laughs) Just take a moment, take a breath, 
and just go to our website and then we'll, we'll you can just click on fitness and nutrition and it'll give you a whole bunch of options and you can go oh okay here's where i can start even if you don't intend to go with us if you're like well i just want to see what they recommend it'll be on there and it'll give you some some easy guidance absolutely or just you know if you heard something on out of these seven fitness trends that you're like oh I haven't tried that. Maybe I should start doing that. Then add that to your repertoire. Make it interesting. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like the structured, regimented thing. You know, if you like to go for walks outside and then you see like a curb and you go, I want to do some some calf raises off the edge of this curb, do it. <laughs> you could totally do that. That's totally okay. Um, or if you have grandkids or kids and you're like, I want to do some lifts, you just pick the kid up and just, you know, move them around. It's fine. Uh, or a pet, <laughs> if they're okay with that. And, you know, that's something that, you know, playing with your kids, playing with your grandkids, if you don't have kids, pets, whatever, that's a, an easy way to like lift up heavy items or things or people, I guess, um, that will also be effective and fun. They'll have, a, they'll have a great time. Like little kids, you start doing chest press with a kid over your chest, they're having a great time. You probably aren't, but they are. <laughs> but, you know, don't don't get too discouraged. There's always somewhere to start and there's there's lots of benefits to all the things we mentioned and, you know, anything you hear, just just look into that. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully yeah. you guys learned something, maybe had your interest peaked. Hopefully. <laughs> we want you to to get excited about exercise like we are. We're weird, but that's okay. (laughs) But until next time, everybody. Bye.